welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Share the Show Tuesday. And I have to tell you, if we can pull this off, it is a blockbuster show. So I'm going to tell you why we do this show. And generally speaking, we do this show to try to show you the agenda behind the news of the day. We don't think the news of the day is all fake. We don't think it's not news. We just think that what Fox or CNN is trying to use those facts or embellish those facts or other people making up facts for and tell you about it is not for you to learn and for you to make informed decisions. It is 100% always to influence you towards an agenda. And usually, even though it's Fox or CNN, the agenda is the same. Sometimes they do that by both coming out on the same point in the same way. Sometimes they come at the same point from two different directions, like Cuba. One side says it's anti-communist. The other side says it's all about COVID. But the answer is we need to stand with the Cuban people, whatever that means. So we try to show you what the real agenda is is behind the news that you're hearing. And if you wanted to just drop out of society like we do and live off the land, that is great. But well, we can't give up the fight. So we have to understand what they're up to. We have to plug in some solutions. We have to think clearly about this stuff. We have to be awake and aware. So today I have a a story that uh goes to another strength that we have. And I think Binkley has a story similar and that also goes to the strength. We crack the code on stuff. So sometimes we just tell you what the agenda policy issue is behind the news that you're hearing. Sometimes we say, hey, they're telling you the story because they have to, but the whole thing is spin and this is really going on. Whether it's about an agenda or what, we can, we can, if the stuff is out there, we can get to the true facts. And part of the reason I do the show, too, is because I just don't like seeing people being lied to. And the media and politicians, they lie to us all the time. They play people for fools. And I don't like that because it has a has a bad effect on people's lives. It makes them think they can't do certain things that they can do. And I don't like that. So. We don't care which side or the other does something. I know because of different issues, when you talk about stories in certain ways, people think you're on one side or the other. I personally don't care. Monica's about she's not ideological for the left or right at all. We just don't like seeing people be lied to. So if you know people who also don't like that, tell them about the show. Yes. And so here's here's something. Here's the top story for today. OK, so if people if you're just listening for the first time because someone shared the show with you, go back and listen yesterday. If you have the ch- if you have the chance, the yesterday I talked about the Haitian what happened in Haiti. The president of Haiti was assassinated. The people there said that it was mercenaries who announced themselves as USDA, but were mostly Colombian. Colombians have been arrested. A couple of Haitian Americans have been arrested. And my a couple of the things that I pointed out was included that Biden had made a speech in December 2018 saying how he needed he wanted us to return to Obama era focus on Latin America and the Western Hemisphere. That was because this is the Caribbean. This is Latin America. But we also have a lot of stuff going on in Central America and South America. It's the Western Hemisphere. My premise was that they are sunsetting us as world leaders, but we will reassert ourselves as very powerful regional hegemons, the regional dominating 
entity in the Western Hemisphere. And I saw and brought to you this December 2018 article of Biden claiming that's exactly what he wanted to do in those words. Now, today, I wake up to a CNN article, the, te- the headline being, Biden forced to pivot foreign policy focus to crises in neighboring nations. They are laying out this whole thing that he doesn't want to do it, and he e- they even... Uh, identify the hemisphere issue. Let me read this to you about what the actual words from the CNN is important. It says the dual crises come at a time. So there's, she's talking about Haiti and Cuba, which is just what I talked about yesterday. I said the Haitian coup, uh, a lot of this stuff is about their approach to COVID, their approach to the vaccines, whether or not they're plugged into our corpo governmental continuum. Cuba uses its own vaccine. Haiti has almost no COVID deaths using no vaccines. First thing we did was send the vaccines over there. We're preparing to. She says the dual crises come at a time when the president would rather be focusing his attention on domestic issues like infrastructure and voting rights, subject which he's set to give a major speech on today in Philadelphia. When it comes to foreign affairs, the White House has been preoccupied with the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan and resetting American foreign policy to focus on powers in the Eastern Hemisphere like Russia and China. I was just saying yesterday. Those people are taking over the Eastern Hemisphere. China is definitely taking over the Eastern Hemisphere. And to the extent we have world hegemony of anyone, they are taking that over. We are resuming our position as the Western hegemon. Okay. So that validates exactly where I thought this was going. Furthermore, they go on to say that the Haitian government has been asking us to come in and help them re organize their government. And it sounded a lot like Libya. They need our help because they have mercenaries and rogue entities. If you ever hear the hidden audio between Gaddafi's son and he called Dennis Kucinich and said, we've got like these a thousand terrorists that somebody else sent here. That is not, it is not a grassroots thing. Surely you know that. Well, guess who sent them? We sent them. So uh, I, I don't know what made me do it, but I put in a, I think I saw a reference to something that happened in February. So I put in a search prior to this, like prior to June or March or whatever. There was a coup attempt in February in Haiti that, that Moise, Moise, who was just killed, uh, arrested dozens of people, identified who they were and accused the United States of being behind it by name. They had hidden audio. They had hidden audio that had the conspirators plotting, including taking the president into custody. They named the names of the people in the organization in Haiti who were behind it. And they also named a a U.S. diplomat by the name of Dan Whitman or Whitmore, who let's see if I have his name here. Is he the doctor? I don't know if he's a doctor. I don't think so because he's been a career diplomat. He literally wrote the book on Haiti. He's been in the government on Haiti for since the 80s. Now he says he's retired and he completely uh, denies it. Yeah, it's a. Why does this say? Currently a professor at America's University School of International Service, Stan Whitman. Okay, so they literally, the Haitian government put out a video about 
this guy and other people plotting include it, it reminded me so much of he- hearing Victoria Newland plot a coup against Ukrainians. So at that time, the, this was February 2021. So very shortly after Biden took office at that time, there was a letter that a you at a, a New York congressman Meeks, Gregory Meeks, uh, and a bunch of other congressmen, Clark, Meeks, um, Cirrus, Andy Levin, uh, uh, Hastings, Elon Omar, Darren Soto. I don't know if they're all Democrats, but this guy is a Democrat saying how we need to support uh, getting rid of Moise. There was a dispute over when his term would end. And they, and he also was going to have a constitutional referendum, which has now been postponed indefinitely. So they are saying you have got to get rid of this guy. Then Andy Levin, who's one of those, also a New York congressman, signed that letter. Let's get rid of Moise. This was in February. He writes on, he tweeted February 7th, this guy, with no evidence to support his claims of a conspiracy against his life. Moise is demonstrating what my colleagues and I have said. There are zero chances of real elections, real democracy, and real accountability. Why, while he remains in power, I'm deeply saddened but unsurprised that he has escalated his anti-democratic campaign with a mass arrest of opposition officials and others on what should be his final days in office. This is Levin effectively denying that the coup existed, but saying that he wants this guy gone. He today he says he tweeted out today that uh, Biden has always supported this Moise, even though. He's a, he was not a good guy, but this is an opportunity for real change. So I'm going down on the record to say that this was absolutely a coup against Haiti orchestrated by the U.S. And it is and will be successful. Just look into Bolivia if you want information on that. Uh, a similar thing that happened under Trump and what to watch out for what's happening in Cuba. Yeah. Opportunities like that, as Biden suggested, don't tend to fall into government's lap. They don't tend to wait around for those. They tend to kind of push them into action. So I think you have a a good assessment of that. The doctor that I was referring to is says Haiti's police claim a Florida based doctor recruited the mercenaries and he's been arrested for his involvement in the plot. And I just thought that was interesting that a doctor is being arrested and being accused of being involved because of the vaccinations. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is. I just wonder what role that's going to play with him. I, I don't know. But yeah, I think they, they do troll for really useful people. Like I think the mayor of Miami is just loving her prominent role. She's quoted every day on the news. She was quoted on the news, you know, mostly about the Surfside condo. But yesterday they were asking her opinion on the Cuban protests. Like, you know. Obviously, we know what she's going to say because of her constituency, but who cares what she thinks? So all of a sudden, she's an expert on that as well. Yeah, because she's, she's yeah. She, it works. Like this, this doctor, perhaps, maybe he's like super deep state guy. Maybe he's just a guy that, well, sounds like he's a super deep state guy. Well, speaking of coup, I guess this could be accused of being a coup plot by some people, but a group has revealed a seven point plan to reinstate Trump in days, not years, but days. The group is called 
Patriots Soar, S-O-A-R. And they, they're not associated with the CPAC organizers, but they were passing out the seven-point plan at CPAC. Here is the seven-point plan. Number one. Reveal the Achilles heel. Pull back the curtain on the horror show that is today's Democrat Party. Watch Pelosi melt like a wicked witch of the West and see the Black Caucus and other key groups flip unexpectedly and watch the tables turn. Number two, witness a trusted conservative elected as Speaker of the House. And finally, reveal suppressed results of existing investigations into election racketeering. Number three, Correct the record. Reveal that Trump legitimately won the election. Number four, the Speaker of the House drafts articles of impeachment for Biden and Harris. Number five, citizen Donald J. Trump is placed into the line of presidential secession behind the vice president by electing him as Speaker of the House. <laughs> that's not a coup. Well, it would be accused wow. of a coup Whoa, that's by the crazy. left. The Speaker of the House doesn't have to be a congressman. Right. That's clever. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Good plan. Too bad this is a CIA plot, or I would kind of think it was cool. <laughs> Number six, Speaker of the House Donald Trump then calls for a vote to impeach, charge, and remove imposters Biden and Harris. Number seven, duly impeach, charge, and remove Biden and Harris, whereby rendering all acts of said imposters while in office null and void and of no effect. Then duly elected Donald J. Trump resumes his rightful place as the president. I have to say that would be a high level of entertainment factor and <laughs> and quite a distraction. Definitely a distraction. That that would keep because, the public occupied for I mean, this, sure. This stuff that Biden is up to is I mean I, it's so boring that it's so policy oriented, it's so downplayed, but his foreign policy in the Middle East, his foreign policy in uh, in the Western Hemisphere, his he just put out a, such a massive executive order, I couldn't get to the bottom of it yet, to like the actual eighth page of it or whatever it was to see what he's up to, but it's about like promoting competition so that wages can go up and prices can go down, which is basically an economic impossibility, but that's a big thing for an executive order. It sounds legislative. I got to dig into that. He's got um, crime stuff that he's coming out on, like really big policy things that aren't getting the kind of attention that they should, given the impact they have. So I do want to try to cover these things one at a time during our shows, but it's funny because something like that would short, like even this thing about Texas Democrats are going to D.C. to avoid voting in Texas about voting rights. It's like the rights, voting rights, everybody has voting rights. It's just a, it's a procedural question, whatever. But that whole thing is just dominating the headlines. Whereas I think I just unearthed a second coup attempt in Haiti, a successful one, crickets. Yeah, well, they have Biden up there delivering these crazy things in very strange ways. Either he's a old man flubbering or he's whispering like this all the time. It's just really bizarre. And it's a distraction. It's definitely a distraction. And he doesn't come off as intimidating. He comes off as just kind of like non-threatening. So the things he says, even though they might be threatening, don't appear that way. Right. And but there is actually one of the things that he's doing. And this is the other shoot to drop. I want to talk about this as the last big story of the free 30. But he's he's using the defund the police thing and the violence that ensued to try to disarm American citizens. So let's talk about that at the end of the show. But, you know. All right. Well, speaking of 
shooting guns. There's a story that happened in Georgia, which made national news. is very bizarre. Still, details coming out. It's bizarre. There was a triple homicide at a golf course in Kennesaw, Georgia. Here's the facts of it. I'll run through it real quick because I want to I want to get to some of the really strange stuff of it here. Here's what happened. Three bodies were found at a golf course in the middle of the afternoon around 2 p.m. in Kennesaw. One of them was a golf pro at the course. The other two were a 46-year-old man from California and a 76-year-old man from Kansas who is the co-founder of an eco-service remediation company that's based in Las Vegas. So those are the victims. So Say it vi- again. So the, the guy, the golf pro? The golf pro who please believe he walked guy. up on a crime in Got progress it. and was killed. The other two were found in the back of a truck because there was a truck parked on the green. The golf pro's body was found on the 10th hole green and a truck was parked next to it, kind of hanging over the sand trap, stuck. Got it. And the other two bodies were found packed into the back of the truck, kind of in, I think, in one of those storage-like compartments on the back of the truck. They were bound and gagged, arms, uh, hands, ankles, knee, mouth taped, and they were also shot and killed in the back of that truck. And it was, it's believed, it sounds like now, that they were also killed kind of in that general time vicinity. So they were alive, it sounds like, as the truck pulled onto the course, because witnesses heard multiple gunshots and that seems to be what police are saying. And because it was July 4th weekend, a lot of people assumed it was fireworks, which is an interesting angle. That might have been why the date and time was chosen. But it is interesting that the, the truck was owned by the 76-year-old man who they say is from Kansas, but owns a Las Vegas-based remediation business. Remediation businesses clean up messes. That's one of the things that they do. They have big trucks that go around the sites and they clean up messes. Could be a good organization for a front organization. The other guy is from California and he's in, he deals with musicians and the killer that they arrested happens to be a rapper an aspiring rapper brian anthony roden he's 23 years old this is the guy that they arrested the murders happened on on july 3rd they arrested him last thursday so he was on the run for a little while and it made people in that area kind of anxious they didn't know what was going on what was not a lot of details but he was arrested in a county 20 minutes away in shambly What's interesting about it is he was arrested Thursday for the murders, but later that night, after the killings on July 3rd, he was arrested in that same town for unrelated charges, and then he was bonded out the next day because they had not yet connected him to these murders, at least this county, their police force did not know. And here's what he was arrested for, and I'll tell you why this is interesting in a moment. Officer stopped him, he was in a luxury car. He was stopped because it was missing a headlight. So, got killed three people stupid. missing a headlight. Well, maybe not stupid, I'll tell you why I think it was on purpose in a minute. Missing a headlight and a taillight, and this according to the warrant, during the police stop, the cops determined that the tag did not match the car's VIN number. The vehicle's registration had expired in June on June of 2020, and Roden himself was driving without proof of insurance. So he has everything going arrested. on. Pull me over, pull me over <laughs> yes, is what all this is. Yes, yeah. and he got a DUI, but he only had a blood alcohol level of 0.5. 0.05, excuse me. Okay, okay. Yeah, so below the legal the limit. So he would not have gotten a DUI except that he took the field sobriety test, which is another red flag. Arrest me if you failed. Yeah, you, you okay. don't have to, you don't, I mean, you can just blow and, and be fine. And well, the cops can ask you to take it, but you don't have to take it. You can say no. But the fact that he failed that 
and only blowing a .05 is another red flag that he was trying to get arrested. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Now, here's his past criminal history, okay? This guy in 2016 was arrested for attempted murder because he shot somebody three times at Georgia State in a drug deal gone bad. Case was dropped never prosecuted nobody can tell us why and he went free nothing happened to him nothing happened to him there and he was of age and they sealed the record on that case record sealed then he got arrested in 2020 at hartsfield atlanta airport after a consensual stop after a canine police unit alerted of the odor of drugs he had money at tens of thousands of dollars and drugs packed to his body stuck to him everywhere and then he assaulted a federal agent while he was there so he caused a big giant scene in the airport got arrested then he was out a few days later wait this is a different guy or the same no the same guy this is this is oh. his past criminal record so oh this half, this is so this guy was out walking around. So he has a habit of getting arrested on purpose. Yes. A few months later, back in August, he led troopers in Indiana on a high-speed chase after a traffic stop where he got up to speeds of 150 miles an hour. And this guy got a PPE loan to sponsor his rap career this year despite all of these charges. $28,000 for a PPE loan. His Instagram is still up. Nothing's gone down. You can still buy his album on Apple, on Amazon. And he's enlisted the help of high-powered lawyer Bruce Harvey, who's been called the defender of the damned, who defended Ray Lewis, got Ray Lewis off during the Atlanta Super Bowl back in 2000 or so. So this dude is, in my opinion... He is a decoy in a drug trafficking operation. Everything that he has been arrested for, you see this happen to, I did a lot of research on this, and in my research, I turned up the tactics of drug trafficking rings. And these are the tactics that drug trafficking rings do. So people have been passing drugs through these areas that he's in, and he's calling all the attention to himself. And whoever this drug trafficking operation is, they are getting him out of jail, enlisting the help of high-powered lawyers, and somehow getting his record sealed. I mean, he... So what is... How is this connected to the Georgia thing? The guy being accused of killing him, he committed all those things. He is a drug cartel... Wait, so the decoy is also the murderer in this yes. case? Yes. Okay. Well, I think he's going to get off. Because right. nobody, nobody will testify, and here's what they're doing. His lawyer has come out and said, you won't get a fair trial. So they're already setting up a mistrial. His manager has said, I don't think he did it. I think you got the wrong guy. You talk about the system not working. This is the system not working. This guy's gotten away with maybe literal murder, but a slew of other things, and he walks away free, and he gets paid all the time. He lives in a high-rise apartment in Buckhead. Nobody does anything to him. He's going to get off. Nobody will testify. I think he's going to get off. So when people tell you the system doesn't work, you're right. It doesn't <laughs> work. This is a great example of but that. But look into this story. It, is, it gets weirder and weirder. And it's sad that, the, that those people died. I think that two of them, you will find, were probably also involved in drug trafficking. I don't want to slander well, the dead. It definitely sounds like they were. Okay. But the, uh, the golf pro, he just kind of walked up on a situation. Yeah, that and is, that's super sad. It's a bizarre so, story. Yeah, like we can talk about the, about the criminal justice system not functioning and about to get worse as the last story of the Free 30. Fantastic. And in our last story of the Free 30, we're going to talk about what was that defunding the police thing about again? I think we know now, and you are going to tell us all about it. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in page 15, which is vaccination strike teams. They've been deployed. They are in action. And we're going to tell you what that looks like. 
But before we do that, I want to give a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net. LibertyGear.net is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies mask. And other really funny, weird stuff that can kind of lighten your day. Even if you wouldn't choose to wear a mask, many businesses and governments will require them, and they are requiring them now. So you might as well use this as a way to reach out to like-minded people in your community and make them laugh at the same time. So even if you don't want to buy anything right now, just check out the merch at libertygear.net. Chances are there's something there that will give you a much-needed laugh in this crazy world that we are living in right now. And perhaps a souvenir as a reminder of these crazy times. And if you're looking for something that you don't see, just keep in mind they love new ideas over there and they take requests for custom gear so just email them through the site get a 10% off merchandise with a promo code propaganda all lowercase only at libertygear.net and if you have not yet consider joining the propaganda report patron Yesterday, I told you about the True Sponge. Today, I want to tell you about our higher tiers. So, each of our higher tiers comes with another level of interactive events with Monica and I, as well as other patrons in your tier. For some of the things that you could get access to, for example, are our First Friday Disappearing Patron Parties, where we throw back a few drinks, let our hair down, and just kind of kind of have some fun. We have our VIP Disappearing Patron Parties, and there's a reason that those disappear. We also have our Patron Saint Zoom Parties, where we have stimulating conversations conversations with patron saints around a specific topic selected by patrons. Past topics have been homeschooling, agorism, and how to be independently healthy. And Monica, I believe we have one coming up. Yes, we are going to focus on solutions. We have a couple of special guests. So we're going to have a Zoom party Saturday from 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern. And what we do is if you're a patron saint, you can be on the call, you can participate, you can bring us your experiences, you can ask questions of the others. And then afterwards, we excerpt some of the highlights of that and we share it with the rest of the patron community. So you can, as a patron, you get to either see the excerpt or as a patron saint, you get to participate. Yeah, those are great. They pull the knowledge of our community. We have a great community. We also have live on-air shout-outs. So go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Browse the tiers. Find the one that's right for you. Give it a try for a month. You might love it. If you do, stick around. If you don't, cancel any time. That's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Join a growing community of like-minded thinkers who are, are not afraid to question the narrative and are very, very intelligent and attractive. With that said, <laughs> on true. to our final story of the Free 30. Okay, so I have been seeing this thing come up a lot, and it's that CNN had an article last week that said crime will be the Democrats' kryptonite in 2022. The defund the police thing is backfiring. Okay, so when you look at something called defund the police, it is very easy if you think that there is such a thing as the dialectic or it's the thesis, the antithesis and the synthesis or what, as David Icke would call it, the problem, the reaction, the solution. You see that to the extent that we have a peaceful society, if they want to make the society not peaceful, which would, unless you really have a bunch of voluntarists who really understand it, most people are going to say, oh, we have problems. We need more law and order. And in their minds, that means more police, not less. So I had actually identified this this possibility as soon as Obama came out after Ferguson saying we need kinder, gentler policing. We need less policing in the inner city. And I was thinking we need more gun control in the inner city. I'm like, all of those things will just make this worse. And we had at that point been in a 20 or 30 year decline 
from maybe the peak in criminal problems in this country to the lowest it's ever been. Now, it could be from excess incarceration rates. It could be from looser gun laws. I don't know what it was from. If the debate is ongoing, I wouldn't like to say it's from higher incarceration rates, but it is possible. So they, so he, it looked to me like he wanted to increase the crime problem. And that, of course, would increase demands for one of the government's few legitimate functions. If you're, even if you're a minarchist, as an anarchist, I don't consider coercive monopolies on that use of force to be legitimate. But anyway, so Biden just came out and said that he wants to, he wants more police officers. And he wants to take away guns, illegal guns, which, of course, they're, illegal guns is not a thing in the United States because of the <laughs> Second Amendment. I would say it's possible that we have mandatory guns, not illegal guns, if you read the Second Amendment carefully. So uh, so CNN teed it up for him to say, oh, you want to like the defund the police thing, but it's backfiring and Democrats will lose. So you're going to have to kick back on that. Uh, so I definitely see that also. A couple of other things seem to fold into that. Or I should say, like, the law and order thing is going to go in the other direction. I feel like we're going to have more of a nationalized, federalized police force or at least a modular system where all the local cops answer to the federal authority. That's why I didn't like it that Sheriff Israel was part of the FBI or whatever, some D.C. training for international police officers. If you see like governors have a national association, mayors have an international association, that is de facto world government and it bears digging into who is behind all that stuff. But one thing that's alarming and we have to watch out for many people have sent me this and I even had it on my radar already is that the Capitol Police which is a really intense operation I knew it from the Miriam Carey investigation days that woman who was shot outside the White House who um, the great American everyman speculated had Obama's baby it was the craziest story but they shot her dead and took that baby right outside and it was the Capitol Police Capitol Police were responsible I think for taking out Aaron Alexis the Navy Yard shooter and that was a very fishy story the Capitol Police are very independent they have real control and they can operate anywhere. So anything that says that they are um, incompetent or underfunded or don't have a good chain of command, I don't believe that. And I have a punchline, but I will yeah, they're getting else. more power right now too after the January sixth thing. Oh my gosh, is that your punchline? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so they they have they are opening field offices in California and Florida. So that whole narrative about the chain of command and they couldn't respond and their hands were tied, it's just about total lack of transparency and accountability. So if you're going to say there's no chain of command, you need uh, to be able to act quickly. You can't also give an organization like that accountability and transparency because those are the things that slow you down. So they're going to their arguments going to be. We need to have more autonomy, but don't worry, it's just the Capitol Police. This isn't everyone. However, they're opening offices elsewhere because they have this mandate, yeah, that they're allowed to operate anywhere where they might have to defend politicians, okay? So this dovetails into something that I was absolutely triggered by. I was listening, Handle on the Law in Georgia is is a, that guy, Bill Handle, is the morning talk show host in California. So, and he's like, 
always doing the propaganda stuff and he's smart so it goes over well and he said there there are protesters outside councilman's house and stuff we need i remember once he said all tax raises are good tax raises so like he's very squarely in the big government category unapologetic so these people need you there need to be laws against protesters or anything anywhere near actual politicians you know there should be laws against lo- if you're going to do that then make a law that and no lobbyist should be able to speak to or go near a politician right so the lobbyists can go close but the protesters cannot it's like they are in danger merrick garland came up setting saying he was setting up a task force to address an increase in violent threats directed at state election officials so as soon as i saw that merrick garland thing a week or two ago it reminded me of the handle thing i'd seen the week before and now that these guys the capitol police are moving into to localities, they are a kind of um, polizai or whatever, like they are like a federalis. They and they're going to use their uh, their mandate to protect politicians as a way for them to be a de facto force. So it's very third worldy because you don't really care about a federal police force, except for to the extent that like they don't care if we all kill each other. As long as you can't get close to the people in power. And that does two things. It keeps us from accessing the people in power and it keeps the people in power from getting out. So I I think what they do is they cordon them off. They almost hold them hostage and they keep, you know, it's like if you ever look into the Anna Nicole Smith story, like that guy, Howard Stern, her lawyer, not the Howard Stern, was accused by her family of keeping her from them. And for her, she thought he was protecting her. So I see all of these three stories coming together. And I would just want to watch out for the Capitol Police stuff and the Merrick Garland thing. Yeah. And they're getting use of army surveillance systems to identify those uh, those emerging threats. You know, that's that's crazy that they I mean, that could be justified to put them anywhere to say to pr- anywhere they need to protect a politician, they could be anywhere in the freaking country. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. And it's not just, see, here's the thing. Merrick Garland, so they have this uh, thing they can protect politicians. Merrick Garland is setting up a task force to address violent threats against state election officials. So those are state officials. So if he expands some kind of federal protection thing, piggybacks on, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see an article that says, oh, Garland, Merrick Garland would like to for efficiency and security piggyback on the Capitol police mandate to operate on the ground in different localities as part of his task force solution. You know, they'll just put it in a nice way, but it doesn't, you know what I mean? So this is, that's why I don't even like international airports. If it's in my city, it is not a piece of international property that has, that I don't have my protections. Like that shouldn't be there. And then they, they crowd out any kind of local uh, airport that could compete with them. Anyway, it's a lot to think about, but, but as we go forward, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's like uh, video stuff on this that we could do for Rockfin. This is the kind of thing that we get ahead of. Yeah, I saw a story today calling it the people's house once more as the last layer of the Capitol fencing comes down. Well, they don't need it anymore because they've given all this power to the Capitol police. Yeah. And that fencing also goes to my idea that they tell the politicians that they're protecting them, but they're also keeping those politicians from getting out. Walls keep you in. So with that, we do have lots of uh, relevant stuff pertinent to your life about the vaccine, some stuff about voting rights and the patron 15. But before that, I want to give an awesome, awesome, awesome shout out. 
Thanks to the propaganda report shouting out our Waski family homestead Instagram page. That's W-A-S-C-H-K-E. The Waski family homestead Instagram page. We met an awesome person who lives right down the road from us. Shout out to Heather in Northwest Washington. She's a regular listener who has her head on straight. Thank you, Heather, for reaching out and buying eggs from us. These are the guys who told me about how you don't have to refrigerate eggs if you don't wash the protective coating off. And unrefrigerated eggs, they last a long time, and they're much, much nicer to cook. So interesting. Yeah, isn't that cool? So she says, uh, Heather, you are one cool chick, and we look forward to hanging out again soon. If it wasn't for the propaganda report, we may never have found each other. That's something that I also got from uh, other people. Adam, our friend Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pill, knows these guys at the homestead because of us. And I wanted to tell people, if you have a shout-out, if you have a town, if you have an event like that, a farmer's market or something, even if you're not a patron saint, you want us to tell other people in the patron in the propaganda report community to go to that event and connect with each other. Maybe wear a propaganda report t-shirts. Maybe I'll send you one as you can, as a beacon for others. So if you do have a shout out like that, let us know. And in the meanwhile, check out the Waski family homestead Instagram, Instagram page. I also have room for more shout outs from our patron saints. So please tell me those. And I want to thank some new patrons, Michael, TD and James. Hope you will be around for our next DPP, which is that this week or next? I think it's this week. It's Friday. All right. Yeah. Great. Friday. I, so if I remember, this is no promises, but if I remember, I try to invite all new patrons to the first DPP, even though not all patrons are at the DPP level, but I figure it's just kind of fun. That's a welcome. So it is. Yeah. Your email it's a lot of fun. For that. And that's that's all I got. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Glad to have you. Glad to have you on the team. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you guys in the Patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.